Welcome back to Bench Boost, boys. Game week eight forecast with me, Gav, and you, Scott. How are you, Scott? Good. Bit of admin as always at the top. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Um, the code is Q8ZM2S to join our Bench Boost Boys privately. Q8ZM2S. That's quite a mouthful. That's what she said. Something, something joke. Um, Dave Paxton's Vestal Virgils have been top of the Bench Boost Boys private league literally from game week one. Yeah. And he, not only does he have, is he leading our league by 33 points, he's 154th overall in FPL. Yeah, that's huge. That's a massive achievement. It's ridiculous. Yep. He, I mean, this guy knows his stuff, and I think we should try and get him on the show. We should. Dave, if you're listening, why? <laughs> you don't need us. But we appreciate you being in the in the league. Um, perhaps we'll reach out to him on Twitter then and, and see if we can learn something from him. <coughs> yeah, let's it, do it. Uh, after, well, we definitely can learn something from him because we're not doing very well. Well, and after seven weeks, for him to still be doing that well, it, that's not luck. No. No. Okay. At uh, Bench Boost Boys uh, is us on Twitter. So send us your questions from a mailbag. Great reaction from the community this week with regards to questions. That's almost too much. <laughs> <laughs> Careful what you wish for. Yeah, yeah, too many, too many. But send them in anyway. We'll try and answer them. Benchboostboys.club is the website. Um, game week seven feels like an awful long time ago, thanks to the international break. But after a little break of our own, uh, we'll very, very briefly go over our game week seven. Uh, and for more reasons than it being a long time ago, it wasn't great, was it, Scott? It wasn't. Uh, and then we'll go straight into uh, watch list update, as per usual. And then after another break, game week eight fixtures preview. Uh, and then we'll talk about what we're going to do. And we'll get to that mighty bulging mail sack. Okay? Mm-hmm. Bench boss, boys. Okay, so game week seven. A game week you would like to forget about quite quickly. So talk about it now scott it's been long enough since the um you bit over last game week. well no because we had the international break you and i took a week off the pod yep um we were going to come back last night i had the pfizer jab things went downhill rapidly so it's been quite a long time between um mm. game weeks um and <clears throat> i've done quite a quite a good job of forgetting how poor it was and then you messaged me today and said yep spreadsheet's ready it's a, lot, a sea of there. red. A sea of red. And I don't know why you filled mine out. Maybe you just enjoyed seeing the very, very low totals. You're welcome, by the but, way. But, no, thank you. I had 11 players play. Well done. Um, which, was an, which was an achievement by the end of that. That's, that, that's your highlight of the week, that players played football. I had one player score one point. One player scored 13 points. That was Mo Salah, of course, who I did not captain. Of course. And the rest of my players all scored two points, which gave me a game week total of 32, which was six under the average. An absolute piss poor attempt at FPL this this game week by me. So Salah was the only one, only player. He got a goal and assist and three bonus points. Playing against Man City, that's a fairly good accomplishment. Matty Target got an assist, but then he got an own goal. Mm. Um, Jota got himself a clean sheet and a yellow card. Those were that's literally the only highlights. Captain Ronaldo, he played thirty minutes. Yeah. So one turned one point into two. Yeah. Oh, I feel sick. <laughs> Okay, uh, your game week rank about 5.8 mil. Yeah, my overall rank's rocketed down, big red arrow for uh, 876,000. I'll tell you you what. No, I won't spoil it. We'll talk about what I did as a reaction to that. 
I'm sure that the punched listeners wall, can guess. Screamed at a cat. All those kind of things. Actually, screamed at a wall and punched a cat. Oh, How God, did it you must go? Have been bad. Uh, okay, not that much better than you. Uh, 36 points overall, so two points below the game week average. I've been talking for the past six game weeks before this about how I've just been marginally above the game week average and I was looking forward to actually having a whopper week at some point. And then for the first time, I dipped below the game week average. Uh, quite a similar story to you, but just not quite as bad, but nothing to shout about. Same, the only performer was Salah, didn't captain him. I chucked the armband on Antonio and it did not pay off. Uh, I did get that one point for Ronaldo as well. For the third game week in a row, I have retrospectively made the wrong choice for my keeper. I've got two good keepers. Uh, so I left Sanchez on the bench for six. Martinez got four. So it's only two, so I'm not too beat up about that. Um, although it would have taken me to the game week average. Let's not dwell. Um, yeah, everyone else just... Uh, the, half the problem I had with my game week is even as I was following the fixtures, I felt that I was on for a bunch of clean sheets in defence and then everybody conceded. And it just wiped all of that out. Never rely on clean sheets. Um, I live by that. Um, so, yeah, awful. My game week rank, uh, 4.7. I'm 24th in the Bench Boost Boys League. You're 16th. Uh, 1.5 overall rank, 410 points. Uh, the only way is up, etc., etc., etc. So, yeah, we said we wouldn't dwell on it. Let's not. No, let's not dwell on it. it sucks to reflect. Let's move on to the next break and then our watch list update. Bench Boss Boys Watch list update Would you like to go first Scott? <clears throat> I will I will go first um, A bit of a tough one for me to do this week Because uh, A Game Week 7 was such a long time ago And B uh, My watch list Is not I haven't really done much to my watch list this week. I'm not going to go over what it is because I did that last episode and <sighs> listen back if you really need to. But um, what I can say is that my watch list comprises of a lot of players that I would bring in on my wild card. If you chose to If do I that. chose to do that. Um, and some that I haven't would, would probably... Some that I have not got on my wild card would probably just be the kind of enablers that you would bring in on a wild card just solely so that you can fill your team out with I'm picking up some hints here some foreshadowing yeah so I haven't done anything to my watch list because it's it's almost like next week I'm going to have a clean slate okay make of that what you will um on my side uh I only removed one that was Antonio and that's because I I brought him into my team last week um so, and that was for Bamford. Uh, added, just chucked a couple of Wolves players in there. My watch list is quite big. Huang and Jimenez. Both oh. good players. You flagging a bit. You're still suffering from the Pfizer. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit sleepy. Pfizer energizer. Uh, yeah, so Huang and Jimenez from Wolves, I think, are worth uh, keeping, a, keeping a close eye on. I think Jimenez has been, he's, he's not the cheapest, like he's more expensive than, say, uh, Tony, but probably less expensive than Antonio. I think it's about 7.5. Mm. Uh, I think it, 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 it could be a, an awkward price point, but I think he's being um, under under sort of uh, represented there. In, uh, Huang's a good shout because... very cheap. He is cheap. And if you look at his minutes, they're creeping up. Mm. So and, it, and the goals are too. Yeah. 
Yeah, so he's scored two in two in the last game. Him has got both assists, and he scored a goal in the first game of the season as well. Yeah, um, so definitely two to watch out for. Then a very brief, quick rundown: uh, who else is left on there? Vardy, Son, Fernandez, Pogba, Benrahma, James, Duffy, Greenwood, Lukaku, Edward, Marcel, Townsend, Rudiger, Alonso, Saint Maximin, House or Horsa, uh, Cancelo, Saka, Ducore, Sar, and Thiago Silva. That could change next week quite a lot. I tend to kind of hang. Uh, let guys who aren't necessarily performing in the latest week stay on there for a point until which their I don't know let's say their um, their form drops a bit so that some of those names are likely to drop off next week particularly because I may even play my wildcard next week um, but obviously more on that next week uh, but that is the state of play with the watch lists cool we'll, uh, we'll come back in a sec and we'll preview all of game week 8's fixtures Bench boss boys. Okay, so game week eight kicks off with Watford at home to Liverpool. Um, that's the early kickoff. Uh, Watford, new manager, I guess, or without a manager. Oh, they got Ranieri in, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah, so Ranieri's come in. <clears throat> um, they came off a lot. He'll be kicking himself. If he can. If he can. He'll be kicking himself to do it and wait for that Newcastle job to come up. <laughs> Ranieri's had a really bizarre career and he's no spring chicken now, but Watford have decided to roll the dice on him. Um, I guess we'll, we'll see what happens there. But Watford coming off a loss in the last game week to Leeds, uh, away to Leeds. Liverpool drawing with Man City. Scott still yawning on air. Oh, God. <laughs> they wouldn't know. It's not live. No, it's, we're not hear. filming it. They can hear me. Edit it out. I can't. You're doing it over my talking. Oh, you're so rude. Uh, anyway, give us your thoughts on Watford-Liverpool, Well, you dick. I've written them down. You could have just done them for me. I'm, Do you want to go home? Sleepy. Uh, no. <clears throat> I, all, I, all I said with this one is it's the early kickoff, so it's a bit of a risk. It's a bit, like I said, it's a risk in the sense that you don't want to ruin your entire weekend, but 61% of FPL managers own Salah. Yep. And I would say of that 61%, at least... 80% of them will be captaining Salah for this game. Feels a bit of a no-brainer this week. It, it really does, which makes me think that 50% of FPL managers are going to be captaining Salah this week. Yeah. 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 So you're either captaining Salah or you're not. You're on one side of the two, two fences, but if you're captaining Salah this week, you're going to do well. He does traditionally do quite well against Watford. If this was being played at Anfield, I'd say it would be a great time to use the triple captain. Right. Um, <clears throat> just because I think Watford are pretty garbage, but... On the other side of the coin, you've got Norwich playing in the Premier League. And that is, I think I'm going to target, because I, I know it, it's tough to know whether or not there'll be any like triple game weeks, double game weeks, things like that. Mm. I still think that triple captaining Salah on the Norwich-Anfield home game. They Didn't they play each other first game of the season? Where was that? I've put you on the spot here. Oh, God, I hope it wasn't Anfield. I'll look it up. We'll get back to that. Um, a couple of things to know. FPL have been very cautious with regards to South American players who've been on international duty. A whole bunch of them listed as 75% international duty. I think you already touched on, was it Bielsa said that Rafinha will feature? No, well, I haven't touched on that on the podcast. No, no, but sorry. Yeah, that, no, that is a good distinction to make. In our conversation earlier, you did. Yeah. Um, so make of that what you will. Maybe keep an eye on those things closer to... Um, pre-match press conferences but at the moment it says Allison is 75% international duty uh, Jota 75% muscle injury and Alexander Arnold 75% groin injury as we know a lot of the 75s they end up playing uh, I, I would say typically speaking FPL injury uh, warnings are on the more cautious side agreed agreed okay 
with that in mind then Aston Villa at home to Wolves uh, Aston Villa kind of picked it up again uh, when they they put Everton to the sword Everton were doing pretty well and I was surprised at that um, that was a couple of weeks ago yeah oh. everything was mate well no but I mean that okay. was three weeks ago then. right yeah, yeah. Okay. so uh, time flies in the Prem who did Aston Villa play last weekend um, would have been what, football team United, United I reckon uh, Aston Villa played uh, Tottenham away and lost 2-1. Right, 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 yeah, right, 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 and to- right. And Tottenham right. have come to life and everyone's coming to life. Yeah, yeah, Unless yeah. Norwich. Look, I was tossing up between this one and the Norwich Brighton as being my yawn match of the week. And I say that knowing uh, it's probably not the traditional yawn match of the week, but... Mm. I don't know any players. Danny Ying's hat trick, maybe. Wolves have got some good assets. This yeah, we talked about Jimenez and we talked about Huang yeah. and we've talked about Cody and Marcel oh, and yeah. Sa, um, the goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, Martinez has also got that 75% international duty flag on him as well, by the way. Yeah, I think Aston Villa is one of those teams where their assets are really frustrating to own now that Grealish isn't one of them. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, they were, it was frustrating when he was there too, to be honest. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and of course, um, well, Ollie Watkins, still waiting for him to fire, really, aren't we? Hmm. No, it's sort of been a bit patchy. Second season syndrome? Oh, maybe. Maybe. Um, but as you stated it, I think it will be a cagey affair. It'll be a good game, that one. Uh, straight after uh, Leicester versus Manchester United. Um, as we've both noted here, Varane and Maguire out, like definitely out. Um, yeah, so a bit weak there at the back. That's why I've also noted I think Vardy would be a pretty good punt good this show. week. So a lot of a lot of FPL managers, myself included, are kind of sweating on the fitness of Romelu Lukaku because he came, he left the Belgian camp after they lost to France or whoever it was, Spain or one of the, one of those European countries in the European Cup of Nations, whatever it was. Um, <clears throat> he ended up leaving um, that the Belgian camp because of uh, muscle muscle fatigue. Um, read into that what you want. But he hasn't really done much in the last three games in the Premier League. He's scored two each time. Um, Timo Werner's probably... I'm hearing Twitter Twitter talks about him. Yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure why we're talking about those two when we talk about Leicester Man United, but you feel your boots, mate. Oh, so what I was talking about... Yeah. Sorry, I'm just <laughs> Come on, you really can do tired. this. You got this. What I was saying... How do I link this back? Anyway, so... Vardy. Uh, we were talking about Vardy because Man United are weak at the back. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Vardy. So if you've got Lukaku and you've got a free transfer or you're playing a wild card, maybe bring in Jamie Vardy just for this fixture. And that's weird to say against a team like Man United, but they're not really doing that well defensively. And Vardy's kind of showing, you know, I don't want to compare him to Salah, but a bit like Salah, that it doesn't really matter who the opposition are. You can still score goals. <clears throat> and at his age too, like... Yeah, he's defying he's, everything. He's got the experience. Yes, he has, yeah. <laughs> Um, Vardy's a very good shout there actually that's a good one uh, and of course a lot of people who have still got Ronaldo uh, myself included will be hoping that he plays and uh, does some stuffs uh, um, you know mm. he better bloody do it or I'll, I'll have a go um, <laughs> I'm sure he's worried <laughs> he will be uh, Manchester City at home to Burnley They've got a really nice run of fixtures, Man City. They've got about five or six in a row yeah. where it's just clean sheets for days. Um, yeah. And they've already been quite good defensively this season. A lot of people looking at players like Cancelo. Especially if they're playing the wild card. Diash, yeah. Um, you know, they're probably the, the two that you'd probably want to bring on. Yeah. Um, you know, Kyle Walker's always up there as part of the conversation. Yeah. Um, well, worth noting that... Um, <clears throat> 
Jesus and Edison both got that weird 75% international duty flag on them. Uh, Gundawan, if people still want him, uh, 50% knock. Yeah, there are a few people talking about putting their faith in KDB. He did score a goal the last time they played, but it was a massive deflection and he was pretty lacklustre. Yeah, I'm really harsh on KDB because I kind of remember him from a couple of seasons ago when he was an absolute world beater. So I hold him to such a high regard. And, uh, you know, he lets me down. Um, Yeah, obviously you'd expect a a pretty straightforward Manchester City victory there. Uh, Norwich-Brighton. Yeah, Norwich are in a world of trouble, as you've got down here in your notes. Uh, And Brighton have been pretty good defensively, haven't they? They have been. And Mopay's doing okay up front as well. They've been um, good defensively for the past couple of seasons. This season's no exception. Um, I think Norwich probably... Currently, zero points from... They've got one. Have they? Yeah, it's something like six losses and a draw. Oh, good gravy. Yeah. They... they Was there... I think... What's the record for lowest amount of points was scored? Was it Derby County about 20-odd years ago and it was 23 points or something? That seems high. It really isn't, though. Oh, no, it's, it's, a not, it's not a high score, but... I just don't see Norwich getting out into double double digits. Oh, something we'll have to give. They'll probably end up sacking the manager by after Christmas or something. Yeah, but even then... Uh, uh, which is a shame because I like the manager. Um, yeah, it's not great. Uh, I have got here in my notes, and um, I'm obviously fancy Premier League. I'm not suggesting the knee injury's a lie, but of course, uh, given that it's still very much hearsay and rumour, they have said that Basuma is 75% with a knee injury. It must have... Banged his knee doing something he shouldn't have been doing. Um, you can read the tabloid speculation if you like, but um, my advice to you would probably be uh, don't have Basuma in your FPL team for now. Mm. And, uh, do your own Googling. You should probably just leave that there. <laughs> Unless you <laughs> no want jokes it. about get him in on a wild card or out on a get out of jail free card. Free hit. Um, uh, moving on. Southampton at home to Leeds. Um, Southampton feel like, for us on this show, last season's West Brom. I'm not sure they're innately doing anything massively wrong, but they're very uninspiring. Do you remember how Southampton always managed to find a way to concede nine goals in a game every season? <laughs> I'm like, when is that going to happen oh, next? Oh, as a Leeds fan, mate, and that's my catch cry, isn't it, as a Leeds fan? Hopefully it's this game. Well, hopefully Rafinha's involved, because oh, yeah. I've finally found the funds to get him into my team. Spoiler He's got alert. the 75% international duty yeah, flag. But Bielsa has explicitly said he will feature. Now, I think he might end up doing some post-match commentary or something oh, like God. this, and that's what He's Bielsa's L- talking L- about. LUFC TV. Just to spite me. Portuguese. Um, yes, yeah, so, uh, Leeds do still have some injury problems. Uh, just speaking from FPL perspective, Bamford, 50% with the ankle, ailing, unknown return date on a knee injury. Um, Southampton, yeah. Leeds second win in a row? I hope so. Mm, I reckon they'll... Uh... You never know, do you? No, they're playing away. I don't know. Brentford, Chelsea. Let's move on there. Cool. So you and I had a chat earlier on around the water cooler, and you said that you believe that Ivan Tony will score against Chelsea. No, I, I actually didn't didn't say that. What I said was did. Tony will do all right against Chelsea. Okay. And well, no, what I mean by that is it'll either be Tony or Buemo scoring, but <clears throat> I just think that. Chelsea are a good team defensively, but people have been underestimating Brighton this whole uh, uh, Brentford. Brentford this whole season, 
and they've been a, the surprise package of the three promoted sides. Mm. Um, Tony's been playing like an absolute god this whole time. A great footballer. Now, he's only scored a few goals, but he's been... Di- goal goal contributions and yeah. his attacking play. But he's yeah. been dictating the play in every single game he's played. He's he been so good. all over the pitch. So that's what I meant. I think Tony's going to do well. I'm, he might score. He, he actually very well might. But <clears throat> at least him or Mbemo, I, I reckon, I don't think Chelsea will come out of this with, without, uh, with, with a clean sheet. Yeah, sure. Um, we do have a mailbag question that talk, later on that we'll go on to talk about, which discusses more of the defensive side of Brentford. Yeah, just a, just a quick shout out though to our to our listeners that send us in questions. <laughs> this is an FPL podcast, and we're not Premier League experts, so when we have to try and like take all of this information about Premier League sides, it's a wrong podcast. <laughs> like, I take it, not, I'd say take it as a fucking compliment. Yeah. And I read your notes and I thought that you tackled it. I thought your answers are really good. So I, I can't wait to talk about them. But uh, don't be so bloody self-effacing. I take it as a compliment, Scott. And uh, I think you've, you've handled it very well. So <laughs> I'm proud of you. All right. Thanks, Dad. Uh, Gavin. Uh, On a Chelsea side, actually, and talking about defenders, they do have some troubles. Thiago Silva's got that weird international duty um, flag. So, again, wait until uh, the press conferences to actually see what uh, contributions those South American players will have in the Premier League this week. Uh, Rudiger, 75% back injury. Uh, Lukaku, uh, aforementioned, 75% muscle injury. Uh, And James, Reese James, 50% ankle injury. He's a... Still a very popular FPL pick, but I'm sure if he's at 50% on an ankle injury and Azpilicueta's been playing, I doubt he'll be near the pitch this weekend. No, and Azpilicueta's been playing quite well. Yeah. Um, As I talked about earlier when we were talking about uh, Leicester Man United, um, I think Timo Werner might be um, probably a good good backup to Romelu Lukaku. Well, Twitter are talking about this, aren't they? And I I feel like it's... um if Lukaku was, oh, hello. If if Lukaku, squeaky chair, Scott. If Lukaku was fit, no one would be talking about Werner, would they? But when you look at who's available around those kind of premium price points for strikers this weekend, who are fit, available, in form, have good fixtures, there's not tons. You could go Vardy, but I wouldn't blame anyone, given that Werner scored in his last game. He's been playing ninety minutes last two games. I do understand why people would potentially go for Werner. Yep. And that's all I've got to say about that. Uh, Everton-West Ham should be a great game. Yeah, I think it'll be a really good game to watch. I'm not going to. Um, and <laughs> no, I'll watch the highlights. But I think Antonio is due for um, a goal. He is, he's, he form, he's been out of form of late. Which he, he, he tends to do that. He'll score goals in a couple of games, go quiet for a couple of games. No, he'll score or goals with a hamstring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, Digne, 75% hamstring injury. Richarlison, 50% knee injury. Calvert-Lewin still out. 50% muscle injury. Scott, 100% yawning. Um, <laughs> sorry, mate. Um, <laughs> Just... Edited it out. Um, so there's three players for Everton that, that stick out for me at the moment, and that's Andros Townsend, Damari Gray. And, and Hamas Rodriguez. And <laughs> Abdullah Decore. Yeah. Um, each of those three players could easily slot in on a wild card if you had room for an Everton midfielder. They're all very similarly priced, I think around they the are, 5.5 yeah. to 5.7 mark. Um, they're really kind of keeping it together for Everton, and they've been doing quite well. I would say as well, this weekend I would anticipate Andros Townsend playing um, as well as Damari Gray in particular because 
Obviously, Calvert-Lewin is still out. Richarlison's probably out. And also, I don't think Alex Awobi's fit. He's been coming off the bench for the last sort of 20, 30 minutes in some games. So I'd expect decent minutes for Townsend in this game. And uh, another chaps, what are you smiling at? I've changed my comments in the next oh, game. Okay. Well, let's move on to the next game. Um, Newcastle. Well, big news about Newcastle this week, uh, and they're playing Tottenham. And read your notes if you want, mate. You can live by these words. No, um, <laughs> I just think it's so. Obviously, the big news was the um, the takeover um, by a Saudi-led group. Yeah, not the state. Some disgustingly large amount of money that they're worth. Yeah. I think they're worth about. I read somewhere, this is not an exaggeration, they're worth about 20 times more than the Man City owners yeah, are worth. that's true. And look at Man City. Yeah. Look at their starting lineup, and then look at their second-string team. Their second-string team is better yeah. than Newcastle's first-string team. Yeah. So what does that say Newcastle is going to look like in five years' time? I saw one of the tabloids already putting together <coughs> the numbers, and they said um, in January, not that obviously it could happen, but uh, well, who knows, but in January, Haaland and Mbappe could both move to Newcastle and they'd still be under uh, financial fair play rules. So there's a lot going on there. Um, well, we've been talking about before this how Alan St. Maximan's too good for Newcastle, but maybe maybe now we'll get some good mates there. Yeah, well, Alan St. Maximan is a player that could play for any team in the world right now. I'd say so. Oh, actually, that's um, a big shout. <laughs> no, no, well, I mean, maybe, you know, I don't know, actually. He'd be there or thereabouts. He's a very good player. Anything to say about Spurs? How good's Kane? Mm. I don't know. Son Heung-min's been very popular in wildcard yeah, drafts of I late. I get that because Son has still managed to perform a bit and Kane has been intermittent. He bagged a brace in like the League Cup um, and that was about the size of it, really. Kane, uh, Son's a really awkward price point because he's yes. 10 million, which is a tough tough figure to try and fit into a midfield, especially if you've got to consider 60% of people own Salah. Yep. Um, I don't know. I think he's one of those players that if you bring him in, you're going to limit yourself in other areas of the of the pitch. Exactly that. I think you probably would sacrifice a uh, luxury striker if you went Salah and Son. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Tottenham trying to pull themselves together. Uh, you'd wonder as well, actually, if the Newcastle team will have a bit of a morale boost because it's not just about who's bought them and the fact there's money come these guys have wait fans and players I guess the players who've been there a long time have been waiting for Mike Ashley and the Sports Direct family to uh, to leave for a long time they've not been very popular around that club so um, I wonder if that morale will carry on to the pitch time will tell as always last game of the game week Arsenal versus Crystal Palace a reinvigorated Arsenal against the Crystal Palace that I'm fond of but they are still Crystal Palace. Yeah, no, not a huge fan of Crystal Palace myself, but they're playing well this season and that cannot be denied. Gallagher's obviously been a pretty big part of that. Yeah. I had a look just earlier just to see, you know, with respect to some of the price points in the midfield, what what I could do and what I could afford. And um, I did see Zaha's actually not doing too badly this season. He's on like 31 yeah. points, which isn't that far off the top, you no. know. <clears throat> the top being around 44 points. So he's, you know, what, 15 points under, which is what, an average of extra two points a game or something like that. So they're still badly missing Eze. Nowhere to be seen yet. Unknown return date still. Yeah. Knee injury, apparently. And obviously Andros Townsend was great for them last season. Still trying to see as well what happens with, with Edward. Maybe needs a bit more betting in time. Obviously, he had a fantastic start to his Crystal Palace career. Um, Guita's a popular 
yeah. keeper choice, and so yeah. is Ramsdale actually for um, Arsenal because he's taken the top spot off Leno. Don't know how long he's going to keep it for. He's played the last three or four is games. Four point six Ramsdale. Four point six, and he's averaging what six points a game. Yes. So he's he's been playing quite well. So all it'll take though for him to lose that mantle is one really bad game, and we know Ramsdale's capable of having bad games because he's last season he was absolute shit. Yeah. But Guita's been pretty good for Crystal Palace. Guita's <clears> a great <throat> goalkeeper. I think I think he'd probably be in terms of my if I was wildcarding, he'd be my top five goalkeepers to bring in. Mm. Um, I think he's what five mil, which makes him a bit of an awkward price point. Yeah, but uh, a good keeper nonetheless. All right, well, that wraps up Game Week 8's fixtures. So we will take another quick break and then we'll talk about what we reckon we might do ourselves in Game Week 8. Bench bus, boys. Go on in, Scott. Let the cat out of the bag. What are you up to? I wildcarded. <laughs> Scott is wildcarding for Game Week 8. Worst kept secret. Um... Let me just go through my team here. Okay. I'm going to try the trick you said. Control minus. So I've wildcarded. Yep. Um, I might as well just go through my entire team. Yeah, I think so. I've kept Foster um, as my backup goalkeeper, but I've brought in Sanchez. I wanted to, I want to jump on that bandwagon. Sick of seeing everyone else get points for him. It was a toss-up between him and Ramsdale, but I ended up going with Sanchez because I bought Ben White in and I didn't want to double down on yep. having a Brighton defender and a Brighton goalkeeper. If I bought in Ramsdale, I would have probably had to get Duffy. Long story short, I thought Ben White might be a bit of a safer bet than Duffy, and I thought Sanchez and Ramsdale were pretty evenly matched. I think so that's fair. That's why I went that. I've gone pretty big at the back. I've gone Aspilicueta, I've gone Cancelo, and I've gone Trent Alexander-Arnold, with my last defensive position going to Liveramento, who's been on my watch list this whole time. Okay. Cancelo's been on my watch list, so has Aspilicueta. So... Uh, as has Ben White at least once or twice this season. So I'm glad I put that watch list together because it's made this wild card quite easy. Although I will say this, and I'll admit this happily on air, this is hugely template. I know I'm not the only person that's going to have this exact team mm. by the end of it. In my midfield, I've got Captain Salah for this game week. Um, if we're talking about what we're doing this week, he stays in. He was never coming off in the wild card. I've taken the opportunity to finally bring in Rafinha, get rid of Harrison, because Harrison was just a dog's breakfast. I thought he was going to do well this season. He hasn't. He might still do. Rafinha is injured, so there's a chance. Oh, sorry, he's got the international 75%, so there's a chance he doesn't play. Yep. I did bring in Saka as well, so I've got two Arsenal players, which feels a bit weird. Mm. I'm an Arsenal fan, but they seem to be coming all right, and I, I do like that run of fixtures, and we'll touch more on Arsenal's fixtures later because we've got another question relating to that. Took the opportunity to bring in Mwemo, who's been on my watch list as well. He plays in front of Tony, which is incredible for his price point and for a team like Brentford who are actually playing quite well. Okay. He's always looked exciting as well. The last midfield position goes to Douglas Louise. Uh, I bought him in because uh, he's playing 90 minutes per game and he's actually scoring quite high for someone that's 4.5 million. It's, it's a no-brainer there. And up front, I've got Romelu Lukaku at the moment. If I hear in the presses he's injured, I'll do that straight Vardy swap, which we just talked about. Antonio, of course, not going to get rid of him. And Ivan Tony, who's a season keeper for me. That sounds pretty good to me, mate. How are you feeling? Pretty comfortable. And like I said, I'm going to be definitely paying attention to those presses because, look, if it <clears throat> becomes quite apparent that Lukaku isn't going to play or Rafini's not going to play... Uh, I'll probably have to get rid of one of them. I'm really reluctant to get rid of Rafinha. I would probably get rid of Lukaku. 
Yep. And I'd bring in Jamie Vardy. If Rafinha wasn't going to be playing and Lukaku was, maybe I'd just bring in Ivan Tony and play 4-3-3. Yep. Um, but the beauty of this team on wildcard is that all of my bench players are going to be playing Liveramento against Leeds, so he could actually perform quite well, to be, to be brutally honest. Tony against Chelsea, like I said, I think he's got the ability to return. I would have probably played both Tony and Mbwemo if I knew with confidence that um, you know Rafinha and Lukaku weren't playing, but he's in the number one spot for me, uh, yep. Tony, in terms of the subs. So if Rafinha or Lukaku don't play, he'll probably get a run out anyway. Yep. No, that sounds pretty solid. Okay, so my plans have changed slightly. Building up for the last literally two weeks, I was pretty certain I was about to uh, play my wild card as well. Um, right up until probably about three hours ago when you and I had a pretty stern chat about it. And I said, Scott, help me, I'm losing all perspective. Uh, and then kind of realised that there's probably, I know I've got a few flags on my team, but there's only really maybe five players that I would want to turf out for a wild card. And it didn't feel ultimately like enough to warrant a wild card. No, because we've, we've discussed that. Because even if you are toughing out four players, um, yeah, you, you, you're going to be spending 12 points. So it is worth doing the wild card. But did you really need to turf out four? Mm. You've got the issues with low galing. You've got the um, Basuma issues as well. He's got uh, issues. Yeah. Um, you've got question marks over Trent and question marks over Rafinha and, yeah. and Martinez. Martinez isn't that international thing. But a couple of those players, Martinez, Rafinha, Trent, you'd keep them. You'd keep them long term. I would. And also I looked at, when I did a, a draft wildcard selection, I sort of looked at the teams and thought, was, would that team, am I expecting it to score a lot better than the team I'm likely to field this weekend? Mm. And we did, we did, we thought it might be a flip of the coin. Yeah, and and as you pointed out to me, you know, I've got my one free transfer, which I have used to remove the misfit Basuma. He's out, and I've brought Longstaff in from Newcastle, and more just to kind of keep a bit of flexibility in the bank. I think it leaves me with about 1.6 mil on in the bank, so a little bit of room to manoeuvre. Obviously, I may even just pull my wildcard next week. Yeah, it's a, it's a good time in game week nine because that gives you the opportunity to see how this international break's actually affected players in the long run. Yes, that's very true. So a little bit of a... Um a little bit of a damp squib in the end. I thought it was going to be fireworks and fanfare, um, but I guess that means that we get to talk about potentially my wildcard next week and we did yours this week. And speaking of wildcards, one of our mailbag questions is asking us to evaluate there. So should we do that? Let's do it. Okay. Mailbag time. Okay, so we've got four things in our bulging sack this week. And, and the first Should one, we have two each? <laughs> well, you know, the, you might check me your doctor. Um, the first one comes from at FPL Beer Drinker, who asks us to kindly rate his wild card. All right. Why don't we just do the bench first and then we'll do a starting 11? Good That's God. better than the previous time we did it, which was about 10 minutes ago before we realised we'd run out of tape. No, so, this, is, this is definitely the first time we're doing this. Um, Foster, backup yep. goalkeeper, great option. And I say that because he's playing regularly. He's four million. Why wouldn't you have him in as your second goalkeeper? Um, Liveramento is his first sub. Now that's a great option because he's four point two million playing ninety minutes per game. He's an eight, you know, he's an eighteen-year-old or nineteen-year-old player. He's playing like he wants to prove that he belongs in the Premier League by running at defenders, even though he's a 
he's a right back. He's been playing as a right wing back, wing yep. back so he's yep. getting yep. assists. I think he's a great player at 4.2 million. Why wouldn't you have him? The other two, Williams and Archer. Archer for uh, Aston Villa, I'm assuming he's a 4.5 million or maybe a 4 million striker. They're write-offs. They're never playing. So, so this is where we get to the point of he needed or wanted some budget elsewhere. Yeah, but that's the thing. You know, He's playing his wild card now where, what, another eight weeks away from the new year, meaning he's probably not going to do too much rotating uh, through his bench plays. And I guess it makes sense then to have a bit of trash there because his starting 11 is very strong. Go on then. McCarthy, bit of an odd choice for a goalkeeper, truthfully. 4.5 million. He's not in my top five goalkeepers um, for Southampton. So I'm not sure. Maybe he's going for a differential there and he's definitely got one. Um so, I don't know. If we were rating it out of five, I'd probably put McCarthy as a five out of ten. <laughs> if we were actually rating it and putting some sort of system in, which we're not. You said if we're rating it out of five, I'd give it five out of ten. No, if we were rating it out of ten, I'd give it a five out of ten. That's not what you said, but that's okay. Marv Gavick and listen. <laughs> um, whereas I'd put Foster as being a ten out of ten option. From, right? a, from pure from FPL, FPL perspective. FPL perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben White. He's a solid option. He'd be an 8 out of 10. That's a good choice at the moment, yeah. isn't it? Connor Cody, he's probably a six and a half, seven out of 10 because great fixtures, always playing 90 minutes. He's the captain, so he's going to be getting some... Decent price point. Yeah, decent price point. Probably going to be keeping quite a few cleans this season. Ben Chilwell, now this is a, this is a tough one. I he, love Ben Chilwell, but I would be far too terrified that Tuchel will just slot Alonso straight back in this week. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. The rotation risk puts Ben Chilwell at about a 7 for me. If he plays, he's a 10. If he doesn't play, he's less than that. So, obviously, <laughs> Rudiger's a doubt. Thiago Silva's a doubt. Um, Reese James still out injured. Could look towards maybe Azpilicueta instead. Oh, he, But he's a 6.2. Two million versus six point one versus six, so yeah, that's a tough one. But Bencher, well, he he could come good, and if he doesn't, well, you've got Livermento there on the bench, so not too concerned with the backline. I think that's a pretty solid backline, probably an average, maybe about seven for your backs. Mm-hmm. Um, midfield though, this is where he gets. He's got a really good team. Big guns here. Obviously, Mo Salah, incredible player. 10 out of 10. KDB, I like the punt, especially for Man City's next run of fixtures, but keep an eye on him, I'd say, because he's the kind of player that two seasons ago was great, as Gav mentioned earlier in the pod, but lately he's been a little bit misfiring. Patchy. Also, we need to notice here that he's got the armband on De Bruyne as well, which I wouldn't do. I think that would go on Salah. Well, they're, they're playing Burnley, so it's still, not a bad shout. Still... Uh, you've got Andros Towns in there. He's a solid pick right now, especially yep. right now. So I'd say he's an easy 8 out of 10 there. Son Heung-min, probably about the same, maybe even a 9 out of 10. And then you've got Rafinha, who's he's a 10 out of 10. He's got he's got a bit of a orange yeah, international exclamation mark. So there's a small chance he won't feature at all. Bielsa has said he will. So I'd say that's a, that's a really solid midfield. Yep, very. Um, and then up front, again, we've got Archer on the on the bench who's nothing but you've got Romelu Lukaku and Huang now I rate that but Lukaku might not be playing I mean I know it's not all about this week it's for beyond this week yeah it is it, that is the thing too it is for beyond this but week but then maybe uh, you know your plan potentially if it looks like Lukaku's not playing with, within your wild card switch him out for um, 
Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy. Yeah. And then the week after, if Lukaku's back or whatever, and you prefer the fixtures, bring bring Lukaku straight in. Yeah. Don't hate it at all. Um, it's a decent wild card. So what if we-, we had to rate the overall wild card out of ten. I would say it's probably a 7.5. I'm leaning towards 8. I'm not a massive fan of not having depth in the bench, and I think that's evident in what my my wildcard looks like. I do that, but in fairness, that's exactly how FPL beer drinker has got himself in the position to have Salah, De Bruyne and Son. And Lukaku. And Lukaku. So yeah. that's how you do it. Yeah. I, I don't tend to do that, and I couldn't even tell you why. I just always seem to spread the money around, and I've always got a decent bench. The, the, this wildcard makes me think that you've probably not got a heck of a lot of chance of ever playing your bench boost effectively unless you're free-hitting, and you can't use your bench boost when you're free-hitting. That's a good point. But still, I'd say a solid wildcard. You say 7.5, I say 8. Looks like you got yourself a 7.75 uh, out of 10 wildcard. <laughs> well done. Yeah, maths man. Okay, we better move on. And we've got... Oh, I'm smashing the equipment up. We've got three questions. Some of them are almost statements. From at FPL underscore Senate, known as FPL Teacher on uh, Twitter. Um, now, normally when someone sends in multiple questions, we give them shit. But we don't know this person in real life, and I don't want to alienate our listeners or cross any cultural well, boundaries. Well, we'll just say one thing. You're a selfish prick. That's it. it. Only because it's tradition. It's only it's tradition. But I do appreciate the questions. We love the... Keep the questions coming. You greedy one bastard. One at a time, you selfish prick. Okay. Right. Um, I, I'll read this one, and then you can uh, launch into your notes. So the first one is, uh, we've been asked to segregate the Brentford defence based on everything you know. I mean, there's a joke in there somewhere where you just go, I don't know anything. Uh, I, well, I don't know. I don't know anything. I, I tell you that there's some parts of what I really know about the Brentford defence is the fact that the captain and centre-back, Pontus Janssen, used to be the captain and centre-back for Leeds. And they uh, Bielsa got rid of him when he first arrived. Uh, and now he's here to show us all that he is a Premier League centre-back. Well, he's, he's got three assists so far this season. He's doing great. He's, he was great at Leeds. 36 points he's sitting on, 4.5 or 4.6 million. He's doing good. The, the, the story at Leeds was that Bielsa didn't feel he had the right attitude for his system. He's um, Swedish, isn't he? Yeah, uh, Swedish international, uh, and that's why he got turfed out. But obviously, that's in the past, and he's now Brentford centre back and captain. So I think I think the question segregate the Brentford. I think that just kind of means like let's just pull it apart a little bit. And I, and I'm not going to go too far into it because you know they've got a bunch of defenders. I'm going to talk specifically FPL, and I think you're of talking course. about four players. Yep. The goalkeeper you can't ignore. Ray has been a good goalkeeper. He. <clears throat> He's on a lot of people's wildcard drafts. I think he probably sits in my top five. And I, I say that because Brentford have been quite good defensively this season. I think they've kept about three clean sheets. Ray has been a big part of that. Yeah. Um, so he's got quite a few bonus points, I think, um, just from, from playing quite well. Uh, Jansen, obviously, you just talked about him. Uh, he's got three assists. He's playing as a centre-back, so it's good for any cent- it's good for any defender to have three assists at this point in the season but for a center back that's that's really good yep you know you you normally look at your wing backs and yeah and your you know your yeah your, your wing backs basically for your yeah. assists but to have your your center center backs not scoring headers but getting assists is, is quite good um Pinnick is has the exact same amount of of uh points as uh as Jansen but um he's actually scored a goal 
and got an assist. So perhaps he's probably more of an attacking threat um, than um, Jansen. So maybe he's a bit more of a long-term prospect than Jansen. Mm. But if you're going to toss it between those two, you'd probably go for Pinnock because he's a 90-minute player. He's the captain. Not that... Uh, sorry, Jensen. Not that Pinnock isn't a 90-minute player at the moment, but there's always that risk that he gets rotated out. Yeah, it's fair to say that, generally speaking, injury, uh, outside injury captains a lock. And the other uh, the other defender that I would have looked at was Aja. Now, Aja. I'm, I'm sure it's Aja. It's but Christopher Aja. <clears throat> he's looked exciting, but he's got a hamstring injury. So if I was going to go with one this week or pulling someone in on a wild card, it would be Raya or Jansen. Um and as a captain, Jensen, for me, is a bit of a lock. I probably wouldn't double down on the Brentford defence. And the reason why I don't know anything about defensive assets for um, Brentford or don't know enough about their defensive assets is because I wouldn't want to triple up on Brentford. But I I would double up, but I would double up with Tony and Wemo, which I have done. So that's probably why I've never it. really looked at the Brentford defence. But as you've touched on there as well, outside of the actual defence, um, Ray as the keeper is definitely a good shout. Um well, I hope that's helped. I was I was actually about to say, well, we don't really have enough data and we'll have to see what the rest of the season pans out, but that's probably exactly why he's asking because he just wants a bit of help now, thinking if I can get a Brentford defender. And I will reiterate, now. there are probably way smarter FPL people out there to ask these kind of questions. So we just want more questions like, how are you guys? No, we that don't. Sort of these questions are fine. We're not going to pretend to be experts, but if people ask us questions, we will endeavour to answer them. Yeah, this is a conversation starter, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, his next question, his or hers. Uh, next question. Are there any weaknesses in Arsenal's opponents, I guess, to warrant picking from Emil Smith-Rowe, Saka or Odegaard? That would require a really intimate knowledge of each of those three players, and I don't really have an intimate knowledge of those three players. I don't players. think you need to. But what I will say is Arsenal are playing Crystal Palace, Aston Villa, Leicester, Watford, and Liverpool in the next five. If I'm looking at these three players... Straight away, I take out Odegaard. The reason I do that is because I, he obviously has only been playing for the last... I think he missed game week one because he wasn't even at the club. Game week two, he came and didn't play any minutes, and I think he's played from game week three. Um, but he just does not add uh, anywhere near as much to from an FPL perspective as uh, Emil Smith-Rowe does um, and Saka. Now, the difference yep. between those two players is that Saka plays on the wing and he's running at defenders, whereas uh, Emil Smith-Rowe is playing as... Sort of number 10 role. Yeah, number 10 role, attacking nine. mid. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, I think there's probably really only one fixture that stands out for me, and that's the Liverpool game. And the reason I say that is because I think they have just as much chance as each other to do well in the first four games. So when it comes to Liverpool, I think you'll find Emil Smith-Rowe might struggle a little bit in terms of... Yeah, I'm just getting that little buzz. Uh, in terms of uh, not being tied out by that that Liverpool midfield. Yeah. And Andrew Robertson, if he's fit, is probably going to bomb on quite a lot down the left, leaving a lot of space for Saka. Mm. Not that Robertson isn't quite quick and couldn't catch up to Saka or won't won't play defensively for a lot of that game. Uh, but if at any point Arsenal get a break and Andrew Robertson's been up as part of the attacking play, that leaves a lot of space for Saka, so he could do quite well in terms of getting an assist, getting him behind, um, likely playing the ball across to someone like ESR, potentially. But I think Saka's going to find a lot more freedom in that game just because of the way that Andrew Robertson plays. Yeah, I mean, of those three, Saka is the one that I immediately am drawn to. Yeah, and I've got him in my wildcard, so if that's any indication. There you go. I think that's pretty decent. And the last question from at FPL underscore Senate. 
also known as FPL teacher. Would you rather have a bench player rotting and losing 0.5 in value or have a player returning only every three games? Can you just clarify a little bit what, how you interpret that question, please? The way I interpret it is he's asking, would you rather have a player like Brownhill, mm-hmm. who plays 90 minutes every single week, week in, week out for Burnley, and he may occasionally get a return? Or would you rather have a player like Scarlett, who plays for Tottenham Hotspur, who may play three minutes all season? Everyone gets Scarlett because he's 4.5 million. He costs bugger all for a striker. He sits on your bench. He's never going to get any points, and he's going to slowly start depreciating in value. It depends what you're trying to achieve, and I know that's a shitty answer, but for me, it's when we look at FPL Beer Drinkers' wildcard, he's quite deliberately gone as cheap as chips in two of those sub positions so that he can put all his money into start 11 Hmm. so in that sense that makes sense i do tend to want my subs for better or worse to be players who are playing Um, i'd hate for my subs to be like your subs were last season and scoring significantly large volume of points yeah i think it's actually good to have a player like brownhill or douglas louise this this um what, for your mental health? Just have people who just sit on the bench and get two points? Yeah, and, yeah. and the reason I say that is because, hey, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who's going to injure themselves in the warm-up. And all of a sudden, and like we saw this two weeks ago, hang on a minute, is that 15 flags on my team? What's happened? <laughs> all of a sudden, three Leeds assets just became injured all of a sudden. You know, Harrison had COVID, Rafinha had doubts, Bamford was out with an injury, Ailing was out with an injury. Anyone that had any one of those four assets for Leeds. And some people had multiple, some people had all, you know, three of those. And then there were a bunch of other injuries all over the place. So if you've got a player like Scarlett or a player like Archer sitting on your team, you're in a little bit of trouble. You might as well just be fielding 10. I do remember this conversation from towards the end of last season on the show as well, where we talked a lot about how I had a lot of points on my bench and really the lesson that should have been learned there, which I clearly haven't learned, was what's the point? Like, if you don't get to score those points outside of playing your bench boost, which you do once a season, yeah, I'm with you. I think, I feel like the answer... Well, that's why I think you look at the players that are playing 90 minutes for the teams that aren't particularly good Great. Or the players that aren't particularly great for those teams, like your Brown Hills, your Douglas Louise. Well, just, just your guys who are basement prices that are guaranteed to get two points a week. Yeah. Because then you've got the comfort of knowing you've put the money where you're scoring points. And if you do have a last minute injury or someone's got to get benched for a week or suspended, at least you're going to get two, three points when that player plays instead of them. Yeah. I think that's a solid answer. I think it's very good logic. And still, I don't follow it. Like, I mean, I understand it, but for some reason, I always got good players on my bench. Mm. I think I'm greedy. I think one last and note. Stupid. One last note to that. Well, you're definitely stupid. One last note to this is if you're constantly losing, if, you, if your plan is to get in a player that's not going to play and they're going to be sold gradually throughout the season because they're not really an enabler. Um, or they are an enabler for the very, in the very truest sense of the word. They're just there purely for you to free up funds. Uh, over the course of the season, if your other players aren't performing and you're losing money consistently, uh, you might find yourself in a little bit of trouble when you're trying to play your ne- next wild card, your free hit, or uh, and especially your bench boost because you've got a player that's just genuinely not playing at all. That's true. Well, you can't have it uh, both ways, can you? 
got to be a bit more strategic about this great stuff. Great questions. Really good questions. Thanks for that. And if anyone else wants to ask us some questions, at uh, Bench Boost Boys is us on Twitter. Website is benchboostboys.club. And don't forget to join the Bench Boost Boys Private League. The code, again, is Q8ZM2S. And, uh, you know, we were talking about someone's going to knock Dave Paxton off his perch. Now I just feel like we're all Team Dave Paxton and we want him to get to number one in the world. Yeah, I'm actually Team Dave Paxton. Yeah, me too. All right, well, I hope all our listeners have a great game week. I hope Scott has an adequate one and I have a great one. Okay, Scott. Ciao. Goodbye. <laughs>